new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, one week away time. We're recording this seven, exactly one week from now. It's football time in Tennessee time. Not not the best intro time, but that's okay because it's almost football season time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Thursday night where, again, I have not prepared the intro. I, I just I just hit the button and then I say what comes off the top of my head. Sometimes works, sometimes not so much, but that's okay. That's okay. We move on. As promised, guys, we, we, we're going to go uh, talk a lot about Tennessee's defense, the football team, obviously, the defense. We talked about the offense on a Monday podcast And we said later in the week we were going to get to the defense, and here it is. So to do that, let's go across town, or not across town, somewhere in the greater Knoxville area, the undisclosed location of the one and the only Patrick Brown. Patrick, my man, what is up with you this evening? Uh, Well, Wes, I'm excited because this is a a Callahan-free podcast. Everyone wins. Yeah, everyone wins. And speaking of winning, by the way, I wanted to mention this before we got going. Congratulations to the Nolansville Little League team there in uh, Nolansville, Tennessee, which is just outside of Pat's beloved Nashville, Tennessee. They are going to play Hawaii for the championship, uh, the U.S. championship at the Little League World Series. They messed with Texas on Thursday night, whooped them 7-1. to one. Uh, Watched that game uh, with, with the lady here at the house. It was Fun of the watching Little League World Series games with her. She just like cries the entire time because the kids are adorable and their parents and all this stuff. She's just like, oh, well, what about what we're going to do when Hank gets that big? Ah. And it's just, it's a thing. But the level of baseball is really good at that thing. And Pat, I don't know if you got have been watching it at all, but that, that team from Tennessee is good. I have not been watching the Little League World Series. I don't know why. I just sometimes get into it. I'm like, man, these kids, the, the, what they can do at that age, it's awesome. And the reason why it sort of connects to this, obviously two things. One, uh, Tennessee, stay at Tennessee. Two, those kids, they played some defense on Thursday night. Diving catches here, diving catches there, turn double plays. It was freaking awesome. Do you think they could beat the Cubs? uh, It would be a really good game, I think. (laughs) It depends on – it it depends on is Smiley pitching that day or not. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's, – Wait, is he the Cubs' pitcher now? uh, Best is a loose definite. I mean, it's all relative. You know, they got the – It was awful for the Braves. They got the crap kicked out of them again by the Cardinals and and the 47-year-old decaying carcass of Albert Pujols (laughs) still hitting pitches at his eyeballs. 400 and something well, for home runs. Ugh. Well, the Braves appreciate the Cubs giving the Cardinals a false sense of security or a false sense of self heading into the series in St. Louis this weekend. There you go. There you go. Big stuff. And you know what else is big? 
Pat, uh, we're recording this Thursday night. It'll be released, obviously, hopefully Thursday night. Get it cleaned up and, and edit See, it's, it out there. It's nine thirty-seven right now. Yeah. So in a regular Tennessee game, we're probably like early third quarter. Right? Yeah, yeah. The four, the four, These are four hours. This is a four-hour oh, team. Now. Oh yeah. The, the 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 fourth quarter has not even started. Nobody's putting four fingers in the air yet at nine thirty-eight, unless <laughs> it's like. 55 to 7 it's to start to like start the third quarter then maybe they would slow it down a little and, bit and, and and ball state's got the bus back to months he already warmed up ready to go yeah they're to to uh to 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 gary jerry gergich's beloved muncie indiana there, there's and, and i mean we'll talk a little bit about ball state next week but you know it's it's, it's ball state like with absolutely zero offense intended for the for the Cardinals, uh, that that should not be a game for very long. So uh, we'll talk about them a little bit, but but primarily we'll talk about Tennessee, and then things get going in earnest about nine days after that when the Vols go up to the Steel City and play Pitt. Um, but for both of those games, the defense that will, will be on the field for Tennessee will be something that we discuss right now on this podcast. Pat, we we talked. Monday, and we've talked a lot. When people around the country talk about Tennessee these days, right? They used to be talking about, oh, well, I mean, that program's just what? What disaster is it today? Now, when people around the country are talking about Tennessee, they're probably saying, "Man, that offense is good." But then there's the defense. That is the other portion of the game. And last season, Tennessee, I I still think dollars to donuts. That was a better defense than I thought it was going to be going into the season. I think that is very fair to say. However, still not what you would call mm, a good defense. Fair or unfair? No, I think that's fair. Uh, It's something that I put in my season predictions that are going to be on the site on Friday morning. Yeah, I need to write Uh, mine. I, I think Tennessee's defense was better last season than people remember it being. Uh, a lot of people still have the taste of the Purdue game, which was not great. Uh, you, you're playing a team that didn't have its probably two best receivers, uh, and they still threw for 530-something yards on you. So, um, and, and it was a defense that really, the first half of the season, I thought, really overachieved. They played really well in those Missouri and South Carolina games. Yeah. Um, and, and they played, I mean, they gave up 41 to Pitt, but Pitt had a good offense, and there were stretches of that game where Tennessee's defense played really well, kept that game close. Yep. Uh, particularly second and third quarter when it looked like Pitt might run out, you know, run away with it. They, they got a couple red zone stops there. In the fourth quarter, they got the ball back to the offense, went twice to go tie the game. Yep, they did. Uh, couldn't, couldn't get the stop at the end uh, in, in the four-minute situation. But, but um. Yeah, they ran into a stretch against Alabama. You know, they, they held Ole Miss to seven points in the second half, right? So yeah. um, they, they played really well, and I think they kind of just ran out of gas. So, uh, but with this offense, I don't think they have to make a huge jump, right? They just have to be a little bit better. Yeah, that, um, that's the marginal question. Marginally better is, is probably where they need to be for Tennessee to win more than seven games, right? I, so yeah, that's probably fair. I, I know you know some some people are like oh, Tim Banks. I don't. I'm not impressed. This is a big year for him. First of all, every year is a big year for everybody because you're one bad year away from being fired mm-hmm. at, at this level. Um, secondly, I, I I think he did a better job than some people give him credit for, uh, and I like the staff that they have on that side of the football. So 
they should be better. They have more players to be better with. But, um, yeah, it's still the, the concern, right? Because can you win a bunch of 45, 42 games in this league every week? Even in this era, that's, that's the that's, question. Even in this era, that's hard to do. Uh, uh, you know, it's it, some teams do it. Some teams in some leagues do it. I don't know in the SEC if you can do it, but I mean, we've seen teams do something similar to that before. And 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 I, when I look at this defense, I keep getting back to it, it's the same thing that you can probably say two different ways. I probably need to write a column on this to be honest, but I'll go ahead and talk about it on the podcast. It, it's it's. One way to form it is sort of nature versus nurture, um, you know, and the other way to say it is player development because you're getting a lot of these same guys from last season back. The, the, there are some, some pieces here and there that have been added. By and large, you're, ta- you're taking a group that was, if we're going to be kind and say average last season, then you want to get them better and you have to develop them because – you didn't go out of the portal and, and just get just absolute five-star type studs, you know, that some other people have been able to land. There were a couple that they thought they were had a chance to get, and they just, it didn't work out that way. But they're, they're players who are not hopeless. They're players who could be pretty good in some areas. But you're, it's not like you, you're hitting an easy button. They're having to do this the old-fashioned way. If they get better this season, it will be because they've developed what they have versus – they just, you know, went out there and got a bunch of guys who could change at the snap of a finger. Right. They didn't, they didn't go out and, and plug a bunch of gaps through the portal. Yeah. Uh, they brought in two defensive backs uh, who are going to help this team. They may not be starters to open the season, but I think Wesley Walker and Andre Tarantine will help this team. Um, and, and like you said, they're just they're going off guys taking the next step. And, and it's not just guys that are maybe stepping into a starting role uh, for the first time, whether it be a Tamari McDonald or a Kamal Haddon or Christian Charles, whoever it is, a corner. They need guys like Trayvon Flowers and Jalen McCullough, as you talked about, to, to develop, to be the next, take take the next step. The same goes for probably Tyler Barron uh, and Byron Young. I think a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of people are expecting big things out of Byron Young, but um, that, that, that's what they're counting on because, like you said, it is a lot of the same cast, but uh, in this day and age, it's, well, why don't you go out and add a, you know, we need a defensive lineman, we need an edge guy, we need a linebacker. Tennessee didn't go out and get really any of those guys. Tried to get some of them, but it just didn't work out. They, they, they did, and, and, you know, we need to hash out why that was the case again. But, um, they, I mean, they returned seven stars on defense, which when, when you return seven, you know, return a bunch of stars on a defense, it's, it's you can either look at it as, it's good they've got all this experience back. All these guys will be in the second year system. Or you look at it and say, "Well, these guys weren't weren't that great last year. How good is it that they're back, really?" But um, you know, can you get some even just one of those guys in the secondary? Maybe it's Flowers, McCullough. Maybe it's Warren Burrell to to sort of take that Theo Jackson like jump. That could make a big difference if if Byron Young reaches the level that a lot of people think he can, 10, 12 sack kind of guy that changes your defense. What does Jeremy Banks look like in his second year as a starter? Remember he, he, he was like his, what, his fourth year in the program. He hadn't played a whole lot. Right. Yeah, and, and that's something that, that I think we need to discuss at some point because the, 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 the reviews of Banks's performance last year were mixed and, and it runs the game. I'm, I'm, I'm a Jeremy Banks stand. So we need to no, I, tread I, carefully here. I no love, blasphemy. I love watching the kid play football. 
I, I don't know that I've covered many kids who, who love the game more than he does, who love playing the game more than he does, uh, ticks all the boxes athletically in terms of what you want a linebacker to do. But when you look at some of the actual grades, and the tackle numbers are high. Of course, there were years where Kentucky and Vandy had linebackers who would lead the league almost every year in tackles because they were on the field all the time. So so there's a lot of possessions in Tennessee's games both ways. So there's going to be a lot of chances for tackles in a lot of cases. And and so you know, having a, a large number of tackles isn't necessarily an indication that you've played great. There There are – when you grade performances, especially against the pass, there were things Banks did that, that were problematic. And the personal fouls, his personality, you're going to get some of that. It is what it is. Some of them were ticky-tack. Some, some of like them were the ticky-tack. suplex against Pittsburgh was probably a penalty, but I saw in several other games stuff like that happen. It was not called. Yeah, it, I'm it, just saying. Yeah, it, it's weird because I, 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 I think Banks in so many ways is a big key to that defense, but there are areas where he's – just really has to improve, and I, I think he can do it. I, I think I think the people in the program think he can do it, and he's the kind of kid. The way he plays the game, it's fun to watch because you can just tell he's a juice guy. He gets everybody going. He hits hard. He runs well. But there are things that if he could t- just tweak in his game, that would really help both his future and and this defense's. I think. Yeah, and, and that that makes me that makes me think of the of a point that Tim Banks brought up this week when he spoke, I guess it was on Wednesday, how, you know, going into last season, they, they didn't know their personnel very well. I mean, they had a spring, but they brought, they brought, I think two transfers in at each level. Right. So uh, it it was a roster that they didn't recruit a whole lot. You know, Rodney Garner recruited some of these guys on the defensive line, but um, now they know. And something that he, he touched on a little bit is that, you know, you have an off season to to self scout, quality control, all those things. You know your players now, so you know, like with Jeremy Banks, you know what his weaknesses are, what his liabilities are. So you can get him and go out there and work on those things. Same with Flowers, McCullough, all of those things, uh, and, and that could be an advantage for Tennessee. I think going into this into this season because you've had an off season to improve guys, to make guys that. You know, like Banks, for example, he's a great in the box, see ball, go get ball linebacker. Yes. Can he play in space? Can he play uh, the pass a little bit better? You know, he had to play in the Music City Bowl where he he faked the blitz, dropped into the flat, should have been a pick six, and he dropped the ball. Can you get more of those plays where he is making plays on, on throws over the middle and, and things like that? So uh, that that's what you're hoping for, kind of circling back uh, – to where this defense can be better is, is can individually guys short some of those weaknesses that we saw last year. Tennessee could not defend the middle of the field last year. Uh, and probably the biggest, the easiest way for them to get better, even just a little bit better, which with this offense could be the difference in maybe one or two wins. It, it, can you get off the field on third down? To me, that's the big question. That's a, that's to me, the, the whole thing comes. That's the 1.23 million, whatever, whatever Tim Banks is making this year. That's the million, whatever. That's his salary question: Is can he get this defense to not sort of get stage fried on third down and find a way to give up a, a conversion like they did so many times last year? So many times, just so many times. It was. Times. I mean, we would joke in the press box. It was third twelve. It was like, oh, how are they going to give it up this time? Oh, the quarterback's going to scramble. Yep. Oh, they're going to leave a guy open over the middle of the field. Hole in the zone. They got. They got to shore that up. But that's not. That's one of those things where. You can work on it every day in the spring, every day in camp, but until you get to Saturday or 
Thursday night if next week, can you do that? You have to be able to do it in the moment, and, and that's that's you know we'll see. It's a complicated thing because it's easy for us to sit here and and say the things that we've said for the past year, which is if you can be a pretty good defense on first and second down, why the hell can't you be a good defense on third down? What 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 is what is not working there? What what why can you? get yourself in position, you cook this wonderful dinner, you sit down, and then you just you spill it all over yourself. You just don't eat. You put yourself in position to eat, and you don't eat. That's an easy thing to say. On the flip side, third down at every level of football, that's your moneymaker. That's where your best stuff comes. That's where the stuff you've been setting up comes. That game swing on third down. So you're getting another the other team's best play calls, and you try to match it with your best play calls, and your execution needs to be at a high level. I think there were times on third downs last year where just athletically they got exposed because they would worry if they brought too much pressure and didn't work, that's an easy scramble for a first down. However, then that would make him maybe sit back in a zone, but athletically, if you didn't get there in time, those guys weren't great at filling those holes and getting getting the stop. They, they just – they did not play great a lot of times in space. And athletically it, it, on third downs, I thought they just got exposed. I don't know that it was like so much of a schematic thing. I think it was a lot of it was just athleticism. I mean, it was pick your poison. Because if you're Tim Banks, you're, you're, you're trying to decide between two things. You're, you're, you're either going to bring pressure or try to get to the quarterback. If you do that, you leave your, your defensive backs exposed. And, you know, if you're not sure if some of those guys could cover very well, then then you're going to be you're, – you're not going to want to do that. But if you try to rush four, sit back, play zone, if it's third long, keep everything in front of you, get a throw short of the sticks, go make the tackle, get off the field. But if you can't get there on third – if you can't get there with four guys, if nobody can win a one-on-one up front against five offensive linemen, maybe they're keeping a running back in, then – that secondary is, is having to cover for a long time. So that's the pick your poison. And going back over some of those games, I thought, I thought banks did a good job of mixing up. Like they didn't do the same thing every third down. I agree. I agree. Uh, something that they did a lot was, you know, they might drop a, an end in the flat and bring a linebacker. They did a lot of stunts and twists where a uh, defensive tackle would basically try to go set a pick and get a guy like young Harrison um, up the middle free with a free lane at the quarterback, that was something that I thought they were really effective in. So I, I like what they did from a play calling standpoint, but it's just, it's almost a roll of the dice, right? You're having to pick your poison and just hoping that that should be different this year. You should have a guy like Byron Young who can win more up, win more off the edge. Yeah. Tyler Barron, can he win more off the edge? Can you get some interior guys where you have to slide an end down to get him against a guard or get a guy that can push the pocket like an Elijah Simmons. So, uh, and, and can your linebackers and safeties hold up covering the middle of the field better in zone? So th- those are questions I have. But like you touched on, I mean, third downs with this defense, if you think you get a stop, you've got to be thinking like, okay, next time we get the ball back, we're going to have seven more points on the board. Or if you get a third down stop in the red zone, that's a four-point play right there. That that's, that could be huge in a in a one-possession game. So that, that's that's where I think situationally Tennessee has to be better, and we've heard them talk about it all, all offseason. So – uh, if they could just get a little bit better there, I think their their percentage in their losses in a conference game is around 50%. If they can get that down to 45%, 40 45%, that's not even great third down defense, but it's better, and it could lead you to an, an extra win or two. 
It could. It could be the difference between, you know, are you a, are you a, you know, Music City Bowl type team or are you a, you know, a, a contending for, for, you know, January Bowls type of team? You know, what, what, that can be the difference right there. Are you, are you even in the mix in the East or are you, do you go into the final month of the season and it's just a foregone conclusion that you're out of it? That, that, that's, that, or going into November that way. I guess, yeah, that, that's, that's sort of what it can come down to. So the, there's plenty of reasons to think this defense could be better. There's also some reasons to have concern, and we're going to keep chopping that up. But before we do that, uh, we're going to step away for just a second, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, etc., and then we'll be right back here on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. During that commercial break, Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to you from that undisclosed location somewhere in the greater Knoxville area. Talking Tennessee football, talking primarily Tennessee defensive football here on this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And we have plenty more to discuss, and we're going to get to that after uh, you listen to my spiel here for just a second, guys. Just, just for a second. Help us out here. If you could go in there, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast – you know, we would appreciate the heck out of that. If you're just listening on the website, there's nothing wrong with that. There is no wrong way to consume this podcast. But what helps us out the most is if you go in there on whatever kind of device you have, whatever service you, you've got, whether it's it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world, you can cast a fine pod. You can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. And we're happy to do it. No complaints or perhaps very few complaints on this end. Um, but it it would make it even more worth it to us is if you go in there and rate, review, subscribe, and good old-fashioned tell your friends. That that always that always works. Good old-fashioned uh, telephone game. Uh, just go there and tell your friends about it. If they're Tennessee fans, come listen to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. If you're already doing all that, thank you. We love you. If not, uh... I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. So, Pat, back to the defense. This is, in so many ways, there's a couple things that really, in my mind, determine whether this is a good season or not for Tennessee's defense, whether this defense is good enough. We don't think it's going to be great. I don't think any of us do. But could it be better? Can it be good enough to complement what should be a high-scoring offense and help Tennessee get to the next level, get back somewhere 
close to where this program believes it always should be. And for me, that comes down to third downs, which, which we just talked about. It comes down to Jeremy Banks, which we, which we talked about. And then it gets back to those two safeties. Uh, those guys, they may not be great players. They are both capable of playing a hell of a lot better than they played last season. When you go back and watch the film, and there's no nice way to say this because Trayvon Flowers and especially Tank McCullough, those are good kids, man. They've, they, they've been hard workers since they've been in the program. Uh, the teammates respect them, especially McCullough, one of the most popular guys around, works hard, does everything that they're asked to do. But they got to play better football. They did not play great football last season, and that hurt Tennessee at times because when you think about it, let, let's be real about this. Tennessee's secondary last season was, was just okay. It was just okay. And it had uh, two draft picks, a second-round corner and I believe a fifth or sixth-round nickel on that defense. They're both gone. So if, if there are five secondary guys on the field most of the time, two of them are good enough to get drafted in the NFL, and you've just been okay, you got to point at the other three guys a little bit. You just kind of have to. And when you watch the film – uh, it, it, it shows that. And I think this season, those guys, they're going to be starters. I know a lot of people don't want them to be after last season, but Pat, they're going to be starters to, to go into the year. I think we'd all be shocked if it was anything else. The question is, can they play better? How much better can they play? And will they, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's good to know. Everybody needs to know that, you know, who, know, who think, who knows Trayvon Flowers and Jalen McCullough have to play better. Trayvon Flowers and Jalen McCullough. They yep. know that. They've yep. talked about it. They've been open about it. Uh, Flowers the other day talking about how he, had, you know, he, he's confident in what he can be. He's just go out and show it. Uh, and and both those guys, I think, sort of had to hit reset. Uh, we've heard Josh Heupel discuss this. We've heard them discuss this this offseason. They had sort of hit the reset button going to the offseason, look at themselves and say, I need to be better. Here's what I need to do to be better. You know, McCullough's been open about Struggling with some tackling. That's probably his biggest issue, I think. Yep. Um, so he's leaned up, put on more muscle. He looks leaner. He looks like he should be faster. Yeah, almost looks like a corner now. He weighs like 198. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, he, he's a guy that, that has not has looked maybe a half step slow the past two seasons. When his freshman season, I don't know that that was the case. It, it didn't seem like it no. uh, back in 2019. Uh, Flowers, I, I think... I, what I don't know what his biggest issue is. His, his biggest issue might be covering. Um, yeah, both I mean, those guys. I, I think his biggest issue is the fact that he missed almost two full seasons by getting hurt either in the first game of the season or in the preseason camp, probably. Right. I mean, he got he got hurt midway through his freshman and sophomore seasons. Um, so that you know that that and he was a guy that didn't play football in high school until his until his senior year. So um, both those guys need to be better. Uh, they know that. Everyone knows that. I think Tennessee uh, their biggest. Their biggest thing for, for the defense as a whole is they have to help the middle of the field defense be better. Yeah. Teams just threw the ball between the hashes at will against them last season, and uh, and that's why Warren Burrell is another guy in the secondary that, get, that gets a lot of heat. And I'm like, he didn't really get picked on until the end of the season. Yeah, the, 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 the Purdue game for him was a particularly rough one. T- teams didn't need to pick on him because they could just pick on the linebackers and the safeties over the middle of the field, so they didn't have to go out wide. And they didn't go at Elante Taylor very much either. So, uh, yeah, and, and again, can you get a Theo Jackson like jump out of either of those two safeties? I don't know. Uh, they put the work into yeah. into making that happen, but 
Uh, we're, we're at that point of the off season and the preseason where it's like, okay, we've talked about it all. You know, we've talked about it for seven months. These guys need to be better. Okay, let's go see it. And, and you know, time will tell if that's the case. Yeah, it's weird that, that I think in, in McCullough's case, I, I think he, he – it's weird because it's, it's a really healthy thing to be, like, self-critical. It's a really healthy thing to look in the mirror and say, this is but why you don't I want to do better. But you, you don't, don't want to torpedo your confidence, yeah, especially and, back there. And, and I wonder at times if McCullough is almost – too smart, too conscientious, and, and and too in his own head about this because his best clips show that he's a good football player. He's just got to eliminate those bad ones, and and he can't thinking about those bad ones is not going to make them go away. Right? You have to snap the finger after every game. Snap your mind, flip the switch, don't, go to the next. Don't play. say snap it clear. I didn't. Don't do I it. didn't. I intentionally avoided phrasing it exactly like that. Um, but you, you know the broken clock was right twice a day, right? I mean that's in football that's an important thing to do, especially in the secondary. You you have got to forget about what just happened, and I'm not talking about even like last season. I'm talking about like the last play. If you're going to play on the back end, you are going to get beaten up sometimes, and, and you know like if a lineman misses a block or a lineman you know doesn't go the right way, forgets it's a stunt. You know, kind of his coverage is off by two steps. You know, this little area is not really in the B gap where he should be. That might not get blown up for everyone to see. Football people can go back and watch it and go, aha, there's the problem. But like the casual fans, everyone knows, hey, you're supposed to cover that guy and he's about 10 yards behind you. So something obviously went wrong there. And and people know where to point and it's going to be at you. And, And so at that position, that's why they're the loudest talkers on just about every team because they have to be. And sometimes with McCullough, it's like, man, just, just do, just unplug, man, go play. Well, and, and cornerback is a great example. Cornerback and offensive tackle are two positions where you can be great for nine plays, but if you have a bad tenth play, everyone's going to know it because yep. you either gave up a sack, gave up a touchdown. Uh, and the other thing about playing the secondary, you touched on it. Sometimes the other team is just going to make plays. Like the other team is allowed to have good players and make plays too. And I think that's something that gets overlooked sometimes is, you know, a few of those plays against South Alabama where, where Burrell gave up some some plays. Like he's in good position. The other guy just made a play. That's yeah, just going to happen. That guy's a good football player. That guy's <laughs> yeah, really that's why he got drafted player. in the third round. So yeah. um, that that's – yeah, that in other parts of the secondary, like you touched on, they're losing two draft picks. I mean, do we feel more confident in this group? It's kind of hard to when you put it in those terms. But then, you know, Jamari McDonald's had a great offseason and a great preseason. Um, you know, Christian Charles, Kamal Haddon. You know, Haddon's a guy that, that a lot of people in the program seem to love just because yes. of his juice and his energy. And that kid's um, been through so much in his his life already. And that right. kid, you talk about mental toughness, man. That kid, every day he's out there like – it's like they practice, they get there for stretch at like 8.30 or 8.15, have meetings before that, whatever it is. And that dude's out there every day jumping around, acting like he's a kid playing in snow or something, like the first time he's ever seen it. like he Because he knows what life is like. Uh, he, he's seen some stuff, man. And, and so that, that kind of guy, he, he's a, he, 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 has a, he has some toughness. I'll put it that way. Yeah, so some people think he's the best cornerback in the program. Uh, and I thought when he came in mid-middle – to the rest of the last season, he did well. Um, he kind of avoided most of the damage in the Music City Bowl. Had an interception that game. I don't remember him get, giving up too much uh, in that game. And the last time we saw practice uh, a week ago, they did some one-on-ones in the end zone. <laughs> he beat big boy Ramel Keaton a couple times. 
uh, one where he he got up in uh, up in in Keaton's jersey and got his head around and made a play on a, on a back shoulder, and then another play where he at the snap sort of shaded him towards the outside. You know, like like in basketball when a guy you know he can't go left. So what do you do? You make him go left. That, yeah. That's sort of what what Pat did, and he kind of shadowed and he. And he watched Keaton's eyes and as as he went up to grab the ball he knocked it away it's great play after the interception he kind of flipped it at, at him probably might have drawn a penalty depending on the crew yeah. uh, with some taunting because he lost his helmet in the process it was sort of a 50 50 play but um that's a guy that you you, you know you want to have on your team and that's the guy you want at cornerback because he's going to talk a lot of trash he's going to view himself as as the best guy on the field um and you look at him and Christian Charles who a lot of people you know a lot of people in the program think is one of the mo- one of the best athletes on the team so one of the smartest um, kids too. He's a, he's a, he's a kid's an all around right. guy. And he's a guy that's, you know, it's going to be a new position for him, but he's worked all, all, all off season. So, um, yeah, there's some question marks in, in the secondary, but, um, uh, there's also reasons to feel good about that group. Um, but like I said, I, I do think they need those two safeties to, to be better, to be more consistent. Even if they cleaned up some of the bad plays, they don't necessarily have to go out there and have six interceptions each. And, you know, wreak a bunch of havoc, uh, although that's something that I know Flowers has talked about doing is, is being more of a, of a guy that makes tackles for loss, interceptions, pass breakups, what we saw from Theo last season. Um, but they just need those guys to be a little bit more solid. Uh, and, and then they, they, they've got to be solid because there's some new pieces around them uh, in that secondary that, that are that are question marks as well. Yeah, and, and you know, a lot of – we need to discuss them, obviously, before we get out of here because they were – they were brought to Tennessee as guys out of the portal who had a chance to help immediately, uh, especially in one case. But but were both guys they just wanted to have for get them for a couple of years and they would feel good about it. One of them, of course, is uh, Wesley Walker from from Georgia Tech, and the other one is Andre Turntime from Ohio State. Both of them Nashville area natives. Both of them uh, prospects, or at least in Turntime's case, the Tennessee tried to get really couldn't get out of high school. Got him on the got him on the flip side though. Got him just like a year later, so that worked out all right for them. Uh, and, and then Walker was a guy who went down to Georgia Tech, became a solid player, and then an opportunity came for him to 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 make a move, and he decided he wanted to go back home, so to speak. So, you know, Walker was a guy who I think a lot of us thought might get that nickel job, if not going into camp pretty early in the season. Um, but he he just had a he had an injury at the wrong time there in preseason camp, set him back a couple weeks. And that coincided with, you know, a guy who's always been talented, a guy that we've talked about a lot on this podcast the past couple of years, Tamari McDonald, who maybe the light's finally coming on for him. So now that, that's, I mean, that's Tamari McDonald's job until proven otherwise right now. Um, you know, it's, it's, we're going to the season, right? So he can go out there and get torched four or five times and then it's, it's over for a while. But, but so far, that's been the story there. So, so Turrentine is a guy who can play safety, play nickel, do a lot of different things. I think he's going to help this team play this season. Um, and Walker's a guy who I think we all think is going to play. It's just, is this Tamari McDonald thing for real? And, and I'll go ahead and admit it. I've always liked Tamari McDonald as a football player. And, and I think it's, he's a guy who could hold down that job for a while. Yeah, and I think it'd be easy for fans to look at, at the two transfers and in this day and age, every transfer you bring in is automatically better than the guys oh, yeah. that, that you're Oh, yeah. That the other returning. guy sucks. The other guy sucks. New guy doesn't <laughs> I mean, suck. Right. It's like it's like backup quarterbacks. Like you you just like transfers are godsends. They're better. We don't we don't need to look into why they transfer or anything like that. Um 
it, it was a surprise, as you touched on with Walker, that, that he didn't come in and win a job. I thought he would. Um, but, hey, let's give Samaria McDonald credit. And that's what competition does, Wes. I mean, that's that's what you want yep. as, as a coach and, and in your program is we're going to get a bunch of good players and we're going to let them figure it out themselves. Um, and so I, Walker will still have uh, you know, a chance to, to make an impact, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if he at some point becomes the starter there. Uh, well, like you said, we'll have to see how McDonald's played. He's not played a whole lot of defense. Uh, I think when he's gotten in late some games, he's done a good job, but that was at safety. So how does he handle being at star? Um, and, and there's a lot of guys on this defense that could be stepping into bigger roles that, okay, how do they respond? How do they play when, when it's live? Uh, Turrentine, I think, is is you got to remember, he's a guy that's got four years left. So, and, and Tim Banks the other day said, we view him as a freshman. So, yeah. you know, he's coming from Ohio State, played a lot. You know, or that, that program has a lot of talent. He he didn't play a lot last season, but you know, if, if you're the second string safety at Ohio State, you still have chance. You know, you're still probably a pretty darn good player. Yeah, that that, 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 that that's not an indication that you're not a good football player, right? That's I mean, that's probably one of the best three or four rosters in the country. Yeah. So, you know, him coming in there and, and and I think he might be the third safety behind both those guys. He's worked at both those two positions. Yeah. Walker's a guy that can play star and safety. So, um. That that's that's also an example of really the whole defense. Like they just they seem to have more guys. And, and I said this before, when push comes to shove, and it might not come to shove against Ball State when you're up thirty, but will you play more guys? You know, will will you give more? You know, will you rotate? And and, and we saw them go into last season rotating, even when they didn't really have a roster. You know, in their opener last season, they played three cornerbacks. They rotated Kenneth George in there with with Alante and, and Burrell. They played four linebackers. I think you could see some of that starting off this season, both on offense and defense. I think you, you they might rotate a bunch of guys and then see over the course of the first game, second game, third game, once you get into SEC play and sort of trim from there and see who you trust. So, um, <clears throat> But both those safeties, I think, have a chance – or both those transfers, I think, will help this team. Um, and, and, you know, even – you know, looking at the rotation at linebacker, how deep does that go? When does Elijah Herring sort of light come on for him? Yeah, well, Pac- was expecting to hear that name a little bit more in in the in camp than we did. It just seems like they're they're really focusing on those those five vets right now. Yeah, and and, and the fifth one being Pat Garland, who's a guy who's you know we we have he's not a household name hasn't you know he hasn't played a whole lot didn't play a lot last season. I think he's a guy that that could be maybe that fourth guy might might be ahead of um, Page right now in the order, but. But that's the difference in this team is that last year you had Flowers and McCullough, Jeremy Banks, uh, Aaron Beasley. They were playing 800, 900 snaps. Tennessee played, the, I think, the fourth most snaps in the country uh, last season on defense. And that it's going to be that way just because how they play offense. It's you know it, it's your life. You got to you can't cry over the spill of milk. You just got to out and deal with it. So. Um, you know, now you, you going into the season, you feel like, okay, they have a, a top trio at cornerback with Burrell, Haddon, and Christian Charles. They have a guys that can rotate in if they want to give Flowers or McCullough a series off a of half. Um, you know, and you got to see how those guys play. And maybe like 10, 11 guys on the defensive line who are going to play. Right. And, and, you know, they rotated there last year. We know Ronnie Garner's going to play that Ex- way. Except for um, Matthew Butler. Everyone else rotated. Right, Butler played something like what fifty something snaps a game. So it'll be interesting to see how that those those get divvied out. Is it still everybody sort of plays or you know between twenty five and forty? 
Is Amari Thomas a guy who can play 50 snaps a game? That That's a question that we'll have to wait and see. Big guy. Um, yeah, and you want to keep those big guys fresh. You want to keep those edge guys fresh, fresh too. So, you know, do we see Josh Josephs in a situation before, you know, they're up 30 points if they get up 30 points? Um, that, yeah, it, it should be – if you're trying to put a bow on, on this podcast in the defense, you're hoping for player development, right? You're hoping for some more – you know, some better play situationally, and you're hoping as your depth pays off, right? Yeah. You're hoping that in those couple of games that go down to the fourth quarter where you need to stop, that, you know, giving a guy a breather early in the game, giving a Banks, giving a Byron Young a breather can make a difference in a, in a key moment like that. that. That's what you're hoping for. And, um, you know, I, I, they didn't have too many defensive injuries last season unless I'm misremembering some things. No, I mean, McCullough had an injury, played through it. Bumpus had the injury and, and only played a few games and then redshirted. You know, they, they had a few, but not, not a ton. So, but, I mean, there were there were times last year where Juwan Mitchell, got hurt. Juwan Mitchell, obviously. Right. So, you know, you, you feel better about the numbers you have. You feel like you have more players to choose from, more options. And that's that's really what you want as a coaching staff, right? You want to know that if you've got four guys that can get the job done, if something happens to one of them, you're not up a creek without a paddle. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think uh, – go ahead, go ahead. No, and that – you know, those are the three things I think if, if you're trying to ho- – if you're looking for optimism, we like to be optimistic here. We all love our jobs. Yes. Um, it, it's, it's the situational improvement. It's the player development, guys being better. We talked about the offense being better in the second year. How does the defense play in the second year of the system? Uh, and the depth. I think those are, if you're trying to look for, for positive linings to what this defense could be, those are your three starting points, right? Would yeah, you agree? I, I, I do. And, and I, I think one, one way I would put it was that I think there's a good argument to be made that if you don't have a large collection of stars, but you have a whole bunch of guys who are pretty good players, that brings you back to that old Napoleon quote that, um, you know, quantity has a quality all its own. And I think that unless if the drop off from the ones to the twos is not drastic, even if the ones aren't great, if you've got a couple of of pretty good lines there of guys you can like a hockey line you can throw out there, especially with the way Tennessee plays, there's something to be said for having more options there helping you as the season progresses. Just because if the drop off, it's not like you're taking an all pro out and putting you know a, a rookie in or anything like that. These guys are both kind of have some flaws, but they're both pretty good players. Well, then you play them both. And, and if you do that, then you'll be fresher by the end of the game. And then if one of them gets hurt at some point, you're still pretty good because the other guy's got a bunch of reps under his belt. So there's a lot of arguments to be made, I think, in favor of that. And I agree with you, Pat. I, I think that there are there are reasons to think that this – I don't think there's any reasons to believe this defense will be, will be great, but I think there's reasons to suspect this defense could be good enough to complement the offense – and, and be help this team win more games than it did last season. So the last thing I wanted to ask before we get out of here, if there is one name defensively that we've not mentioned a ton, let me rephrase this question. What name on Tennessee's defense are we talking about a lot more in November and December than we are in July and August? What do you think? Because I it, it could be it, – it's a fun thing because we can go back in a couple – months and be like, boy, that was really smart, or boy, that was really stupid. And it's fun to do that sometimes. Like, who who's the guy that you just don't think we're talking about enough? Doesn't need to be a star, just someone who's going to make a bigger impact than you than you think. Um, 
it has to be a guy we haven't talked about, right? Because we talked about guys that, that are going to make an impact. Um, I, I think I'm leaning towards the defensive line. I'm going to go Amari Thomas. I think he's maybe been – there's been a lot going on in terms of other other parts of, uh, of of the defense going into camp. And he's a guy that I think a lot of people look at and say he's a former top 100 guy. This is his junior season. He's played some, played more as the year went on. Maybe he should still be an offensive Can't, tackle, but that's all right. Well, he's not, so we're not we, – that's a moot point. True. Um, and something you touched on there, this defense doesn't have a bunch of dudes – Right, that's the def- that's that's how you become elite defensively. Correct, is, is you have lockdown corners, guys that can't be blocked off the edge, linebackers who wreck things, all those things. Tennessee's they don't have that. They don't have very many of those guys. They might have a few. They got maybe, maybe yeah maybe a few maybe a few. Byron Young is a dude. That's a dude. I think I think Jeremy Banks is a dude. I think he could be a dude. I think I think Byron Young is a dude. I think Banks could be a dude. I think Tyler Barron could be a dude. Yeah, under, he, in, the, he, in the right situation, he he could be, and he's he's another guy that's had, and, and maybe he should be the pick there because he's a, he's guy that's gotten talked up a lot this off season. What does he go out and do when the season gets here? But I'll go with Thomas. I I think he's a guy that's got a lot of a lot of ability. I think he's got a lot of drive. Um, and, and you know, we saw the light come on for Theo Jackson. We saw the light come on for Matthew Butler. If anybody can get a guy who's later on in his career to. To really kick up a notch, it's Rodney Garner. So I'll go with Thomas. I think he's a guy that's maybe flown under the radar. You know, talked a lot about Byron Young this preseason. Talked a lot about Tyler Barron. Uh, Young uh, Thomas is a guy that I think is maybe been quiet, but he's a guy that it's okay if he's quiet because that means he's doing what he needs to do. Yep, I think Big O's a good pick. Now my heart, my heart always says Elijah Simmons because it just always <laughs> does. But but you know, God bless him. To the, the you know he's as as Josh Heupel said earlier this this season in camp, he's a hero, and that doesn't need context. You just need to know that that young man is a is a he big, caught a punt, got everybody off practice. He, he's a he's a big he's a, he's, he's a big round hero is what he is. He's just you know. But I, I, I I'll stick with I'll. I'll try to be more logical about this my pick is uh would be Latrell Bumpus because I think he's a guy who I think he will be to also the, also a hard pick for you a little bit yeah honest. a little bit because I mean the guy what more could a guy do for the football team he's played like every position that exists except quarterback they moved him back and forth he's overcome injuries he's had to he's had to deal with a lot of stuff um uh, and and he's just always been there, and everybody in the program. I mean, when Rodney Garner says you're like a grown man and, and like a man's man, that dude never says anything like that about hardly anybody ever. So so that should tell you what people think about Bumpus. But but I think to t- to the point here that I'm trying to make, and I, I this could end up being really dumb in, in hindsight. I, I think to me, Latrell Bumpus will be kind of like Ramel Keaton will be on Tennessee's offense this season. I don't think that they're going to have like huge statistical numbers. I, I just don't. They may not play enough. They, they may not be quite you know great enough to, to be guys who are like elite production type guys. I think they're both going to make a more than one play this season that are going to be huge plays in the season. I think Keaton's going to make a couple of really big catches, uh, and I think Bumpus is going to have a couple of like big sacks or goal line stops, short yardage stops, just something because both of those guys. They have those moments, right? There's times where you just kind of forget that they're out there, and then they go out and remind you, oh, wait, that guy's there, and he just made a big play. I, I think I think Bumpus will be a guy who 
by the end of the year, if he can stay healthy, knock on wood, I, I think he'll there'll be a couple moments like when they're playing like a Kentucky or, you know, South Carolina or somebody, it's a close game. I think he makes a big play. And I think that that could be something that, that, that would happen. I also, you know, you, you could say from the past couple of weeks, um, Walker, cause he's kind of been not talked about as much, but, uh, I, I'm going to go with, with Bumpus as the pick. I'm not going to list the roster. I'm just going to say Bumpus. So that we're not, we're not doing any roster listing cause Ryan's not here. Yeah. Ryan's not here. So the, the hair is way better on this episode. And, and also we're, we're not, listing the entire roster was there anything pat that we did not discuss that you think we should about this defense because i, I still think to me the question is not can this defense be great because I, I i don't want to i don't i don't want to yuck anyone's young here but i don't yeah, think they're going to be I great i think just can they be good enough yeah i don't think people are running away with expectations for this defense i think they know what the offense is going to be um and they're not asking for the defense to be top 20 in the country right yeah just force some turnovers get some stops yeah, turnovers, get some stops in the red zone, you know, make some play, you know. Get some, just get off the field on third down. Yeah. That's all they need to do. Get, That's all it takes. Get get a couple of third down stops here and there. Just mix it up, mix it up occasionally <laughs> on third down. Tackle the guy behind the line of scrimmage. You know, it's, it's you know, and, just, just try it. And maybe don't make every opposing quarterback look like Josh Dobbs or Lamar yeah. Jackson. Because Matt Corral, like, basically, I mean, he broke himself in, like, still, seven pieces I, in that game. I still think that was part of the game plan. Oh, it absolutely was. Lane Kiffin, say what you will about Lane Kiffin. You can't say he's dumb when it comes to X's and O's, right? He, he can be no, crazy. No, I'm talking about – I think that was Tennessee's game plan. Is like if we have to lose oh, by Matt Corral oh. running 30 times and us beating the hell out of him, then, then so be it. Well, I, 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 it worked. I, they only scored 31 points. I, I still think Lane knew I'm going to need to outscore these guys I, I you know, because that's just going to be a high-scoring game. I, I, I can't get Corral killed every week. But if there's one week where if he if I'm going to push the, it's this one I'm going back to Knoxville I really want to win this game and I think he can out 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 athlete them on third down so Matt buddy here's here's a shot of toward all go see what you can do buddy go take a bunch of hits because we need he, you Lane Lane was uh, Lord Farquaad and Shrek where he's like some of you may die <laughs> yes. but your sacrifice will not be made in vain yeah he's uh but he's Bud Kilmer it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make he's Bud Kilmer can he play. <laughs> Can he play? Well, he, he shouldn't play. Can he play? Yeah, that's. But anyway, I, I just, I think that's the question on defense is just can they can they be good enough? And I think there's reasons to believe. I think there's a lot of experience there on that defensive staff. Uh, I think Banks is a young guy who's got a bright future ahead of him. Still a young guy. I mean, he's not like a spring chicken, but he's a young guy. And, and I think that that those, I think those guys with the older guys on the team, the buy-in they have over there, I I, I just think they're gonna be better than they were last season. And I know I, I said all those things about the secondary and, and the challenges there and replacing the draft picks and, you know, replacing Matthew Butler, who may have been one of the SEC's five most underrated players last season, just everything that he did and the level he played at. Um, so so uh, there are challenges there, um, but I think they are things that can be achieved provided the offense does the heavy lifting like it should. Yep, just get off the field and turn down and tackle – the other team's quarterback. Yep. And special teams, I know we haven't mentioned you much, but, you know, just go ahead and kick the ball through the uprights, keep booming the punts, uh, tackle people. <laughs> you know, they'll miss Apache Mohan there on that side of the ball. He's a really good player on special teams, but no, they got they're going to miss Bayless Jones. Who they're going to miss. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that one's pretty obvious. <laughs> they, they might miss that guy. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's where things are. So, Pat, unless you got anything else, I think we're at a pretty good stopping point here. Well, you know, you brought up special teams. 
you know, they've got a great punter in Paxton Brooks. Yeah, they do. He's still good. Uh, still good. They've got a decent kicker in Chase McGrath. You'd like to see him be a little bit more accurate from further away. Um, and, and I think they've got some nice options in the return game. If we were guessing right now, uh, my guess, they, Jimmy Holiday needs to be the kickoff returner if he's not. He's, he can run, man. He can squirrel uh, white. Just, I, want, I want to see squirrel <laughs> white do it at some point just because I want everybody to see that kid run because it's fun. He, he's, he's a punt returner to me. He's a fart in a skillet guy. Yeah, um, a little bit, yeah. And I'll hold Mike Eckler to his word. If you want a guy who can spring up Rocky Top or turn punts, then you got to go D. Williams. He's 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 at, he's athletic, and he showed in JUCO too. He's 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 got some of that some of that wiggle to him. So and, and Jimmy Holiday's he's a good story, man. He's a guy who came here as a quarterback, you know. And I think a lot of people thought he might eventually be a wide receiver anyway, but still, he 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 gave quarterback a try for a while and had not had never played wide receiver, so. You know, a guy who could could make an impact there. But this is the most Tennessee thing ever. We we intentionally tried to do this podcast just talking about the defense, and uh, we we've talked a little bit about the offense now. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's what, no, what, we talk special teams. We talk special. Teams. That's true, and it led into the Jimmy Holiday conversations, which then led to offense. So I guess we'll end it with the that, word. That was you. That's your fault. I'm not taking any responsibility. For, okay, so I'll for, end it for that miscue. I'll end it like this. Defense, 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 defense. Pat, anything else? Nope, done. Thanks, man. And there's the button, and now I can say, guys, thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. As always, we always say it, but we always mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want uh, just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 and you can get tons of stuff there throughout the day, all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, go get that at govals247.com. The best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, Basketball, basketball recruiting, uh, baseball, tons of stuff going on there these days, obviously. Lady Vols coverage, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job all year covering all things Lady Vols for us all the time. we got two forums that run around the clock 24-7, as the name suggests. we got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with Tennessee fans across the world, pretty much every freaking time zone that exists we've got somebody there we got people up at different hours of the day we got all kinds any time of day anytime you go there you're going to find a bunch of people on there talking tennessee athletics talking sec stuff talking pro sports talking life advice with kids what to get spouses for their for anniversaries uh lawn maintenance oh, just you never know what people are going to be talking about on there and it'll be anything that's not political or religious in nature anything else right there on the board for you to discuss. And you can get all that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven-day free trial. That is all that it costs. And after you pay or get that seven-day that seven free trial, after that, you get us that, that low rate. That's one mediocre lunch per month. But you don't just get GoVoss 24-7 with that. You get access to Paramount Plus with that. For free, in perpetuity, you also get access to a growing behemoth of a streaming platform that has every show CBS has ever done, commercial-free, tons of exclusive stuff uh, that you can only find, like, you know, 1883, Picard, Evil, Star Trek, all kinds of stuff that you can only find on Paramount+. Plus. You got new movies. 
You got classic movies, old blockbuster franchises, you know, comedies, dramas, horror, everything, stuff for the kids, all of it, all of it, and stuff from the archives of, uh, of CBS, obviously, and MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, all of it, all of it right there something for the entire family and live sports sec sports nfl sports uh you got uefa champions league uefa europa league syria french soccer uh, pga tour you get everything on there and we you get all of that and our site all of it for just about 100 bucks and change a year one of the best deals you can possibly find and if you don't do it i don't know what's wrong with you Go do that. Don't be a fool. Go do that. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from, hear from us in a few days. So until then, uh, try to be good to each other. Try to have basic human empathy for, for people out there in the world. There's not enough of that these days. There's too many a-holes. We don't need that. Be good. See you. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy.